Hello all, uh, welcome to another episode of uh, DirectShift Stories and today we are excited. Uh, this is your host Raj and today we are joined by our special guest with our COO Wamshi. So um, this special guest is somebody who was personally uh, thanked by Bill Gates. I'm excited about that and a couple of senators had personally congratulated him for the kind of post which he shares, the kind of engagement uh, for the kind of um, work which he shares with the LinkedIn community. So uh, please welcome um, Scott, uh, Scott Johnston, um, who is there with us this evening. Um, probably I would say this morning, I'm, uh, though I'm in India, I'm saying this evening, but thank you, Scott, for being here. He's, um, he's working as a um, health system director at Great Lakes uh, at Indivia Treatment Services. Uh, the world leader in opioid addiction treatment. So let's jump in. I know more about um, why uh, we all need to be uh, working in helping others through this post-pandemic. Um, you can you can call it as um, the burnout or mental health space. We will learn more about Scott uh, in a while. And uh, thank you, Wamshi, for being here. And we will begin with uh, Scott sharing about um, his intro or probably giving a little intro about himself. Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump good in morning. a little bit. Good morning, good morning, Raj. Yeah, over to you, Wamshi. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Th thanks, Thank you Scott. thanks, Raj. Thanks, Raj. Thanks for yet another great episode. Scott, really excited to have you. You know, you're a leader in multiple areas, so we would love to hear from you. So for the sake of our audience, which is a big network of clinicians as well, Please give us a little bit of, um, you know, intro to yourself, your story, and then we'll get started from there. Absolutely. Um, 53 years old, I've been in the, the pharma biotech uh, medical device industry for probably, I think, close to almost 28 years. Uh, I've worked for companies like Johnson & Johnson, Baring, Ringelheim. Um, SmithKline Beecham is where I got my start um, and uh, as, a, as a just a local sales rep. And kind of work myself up from there, working in all different capacities from respiratory to cardiology to addiction treatment to psychiatry medicine. Um, it's been a great journey and uh, it's been very rewarding. Um, uh, and uh, it's something that I have a great passion for is helping people and, and now working for a company like Indivier um, that helps so many people uh, that are struggling with opioid addiction. It, it's a uh, it is a, a, an amazing um, job to have, and uh, um, um, I look forward to it every day, working with people, working with physicians, working with social workers and counselors that deal with um, this epidemic um, uh, across the world uh, with opioid addiction. So it, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a challenge, obviously, but uh, especially during the, the, the last year that we've had um, throughout the world. But um, it, it's, it, it's definitely opened my eyes to um, what's going on out there. Um, sometimes you put the blinders on and kind of just go about your job and go about what you're currently doing and you kind of just forget and you just keep going. And, and uh, my interaction with, with Michael um, that, that, that um, caused kind of over 19 million people to view the, the post um, and uh, some 40 some thousand comments uh, is just, is been overwhelming. It, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely helped Michael a lot, which is the, the goal of, of this whole thing. It wasn't anything for me. Um, I'm kind of a quiet private person. So I, uh, this was not anything that, uh, that I was doing to boost myself. 
Um, I live in a small town in Pennsylvania, so um, not looking for any accolades there. It was just more, I just saw the opportunity to help someone and, and that's what I did. And it kind of kind of blew up from there. It was amazing. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Great, great. Yeah, Scott, that's, that's, um, that's so modest and great of you. Let me put it that way. Um, and you know, you're a great, great leader in your space. You're also a great human being. So thanks for sharing that. And it's a great example of, you know, a simple act of kindness can move mountains for humanity. So just, just give us a little more insight into, you know, what happened there, you know, how did you get inspired to do that act and share it with others? I'm sure it inspired millions of others to do similar acts, especially like you said, in this post pandemic era where people are dealing with how to deal with each other. Tell us more about that incident and that, that act of kindness that moved many other people. Absolutely. You know, the interesting thing was that I posted the, the picture of Michael and I and a little comment in December, but this actually happened in October. So, um, and it was my very first post on LinkedIn ever. So that that's the the kind of the amazing thing that I've liked or shared some things on LinkedIn, but I've never posted anything myself. Um, and so what happened was back in October of 2020, my wife and I were gonna put our house up for sale. We decided to do it for sale by owner. And we got several calls from real estate agents that wanted to come in and, and take a look at the house and give us their sales pitch to see if they could get the listing. And one of the per people that called was Michael. And Michael is a 22-year-old young man um, from Philadelphia. He called my wife. Um, my wife actually, um, my wife actually said to me, "He sounds really young." Um, and I was like, "Okay." His his last name Phillips means a lot to my family. Um, Phillips is a family name. It's my father's middle name. It's my son's middle name. Um, the the real estate agency that he works for is called Keller Williams. My mom, before she passed away, was, uh, was a real estate agent for Keller Williams out in Los Angeles. So it was just a weird kind of, you know, connection that happened. And so what I saw is my office actually looks out to the street of our house. And I saw this young man pull up in a car. I saw him kind of take a deep breath, get out of his car and, and make the walk in. And uh, was just a, a, a kind, kind young man um, just trying to make it. He walked through our house. Um, it was the first time he's ever done this. He just did a cold call and, 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 and met us. And he sat down with us and kind of told us his whole story. He told us about, um, he was attending college in the hometown where I live um, in Pennsylvania. And uh, because of COVID, um, he couldn't afford to go to college anymore. Um, and the problem was, is once he dropped out of college, he lost his housing. And so in January and February of 2020, he was homeless and living in his car because he couldn't afford to live anywhere. And so he decided to go after real estate and, uh, and, and take his tests and pay for his tests and do odd jobs or anything just to get enough money to get an apartment. And uh, he ended up finding one in March. I met him in October on a Wednesday, he showed up. Um, after he met with my wife and I, I walked him out to his car and was really interested in his story. And I asked him if he owned a suit because he kind of he showed up in sneakers and kind of old jeans and a, and a and a shirt from his from the Keller Williams real estate agency. And uh, I asked him, I said, do you own a suit? And he said, no, I, I just can't afford one. And he's my he's about my size. I'm six foot four. So he's about my size. So I, and I just donated about five suits to um, uh, um, a store that helps people. So I, I went, came back in and I, I, my wife asked me, she said, you really liked him. I said, I did. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's just something. 
we woke up the next day on Thursday and she's like, he's still on your mind, isn't he? And I'm like, he is. And uh, I called him that day and I said, hey, can it, it, if it's all right with you, can I meet you at Men's Warehouse? And I want I want to buy you a suit. Um, it, it's something that you need. It's something I want to help out. And he was, he was so excited. So in the meantime, with that, I got together a bunch of my, I had a bunch of brand new ties and ties that I didn't use. Um, and uh, I called my brother-in-law and he had brand new pairs of shoes that were his size, size 12, Michael's size. So I got two pairs of shoes from him and met him at Men's Warehouse. And uh, the guy there, the, the manager couldn't have been nicer. Once he kind of found out what I was doing, he thought it was my employee and I was just buying him a suit. And I said, no, I just met this young man and I'm trying to help. And he tried on once. And at that point, the guy just, he opened up everything for this young man and, and tailored all of his, you know, measured everything out. He's never had that done before. And then when he went back in the room to try the suit on, I said, I want to get two suits because every professional, you need to have two suits. You get a couple shirts and you could have a road wardrobe for a week or two. And uh, hmm. um, we, uh, when I, when I told him that I wanted to get another suit, that's when Michael broke down and cried a little bit just because he, he said no one outside of his family's ever helped. And mm. you could just tell that he had, he's been through a lot and he was so appreciative and so nice. And uh, so I, I, I paid for all that. I had to actually had the manager take that picture that, um, that Raj put on the screen back in October. And that the story that I wrote was really a text message to my children. I, I kind of mm. just sent it to them because I've always, I always try to preach you know, help people don't, you know, you can give a handout, but a handout only helps for a day. If you give a hand up, it helps for a lifetime. lifetime. And so that's what I was trying to relay to my children. Um, uh, I have a 19 year old son, a 21 year old daughter and a 26 year old daughter. And uh, I just kind of wanted to make sure that they understand that their father's preaching, but he's also doing what he preaches. And they, uh, um, you know, they, were, they responded well, and it was great. And then what happened was in December, there was just so much negativity out in the world that I just decided mm -hmm. to copy and paste from that text to my kids onto LinkedIn and didn't really think anything about it. I just maybe wanted, if I inspired one person, it would be fabulous. And what happened is probably three days later, there was over a million views. I only knew probably 300 people on LinkedIn that I was connected to. I mean, it wasn't, mm -hmm. I don't have a big network. and. All of a sudden, it blew up to a point where um, I was getting messages from um, people that are with Bill Gates. I was getting messages from senators. I was getting messages from athletes all over the country. And it's it's been amazing. And then a lot of them want to help Michael. So they reached out to me and I just um, tagged Michael on every every post that people commented on that wanted to talk with him. And Michael has connected with a lot of different people. Um, he's got two or three mentors um, that are working with, um, that are working with, um, how, you know, how he interacts and they're coaching him. And these people, one guy's from Seattle, another person's from Texas, that they're all working with him. So it's been like just an amazing journey uh, for both of us. And it's been pretty touching. Um, Michael and I are really good friends. Um, I've actually um, set him up with another friend of mine um, who, is a, um, who is a state trooper. Now he owns his own business. And he was looking for uh, a person like Michael to help him buy properties and develop over on uh, the east side of our town. Um, so they're and there they they've hooked up. Um, and what we've done, my wife and I, we decided that we 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 couldn't sell our house on our own um, for sale by owner. It just wasn't the market just wasn't right for it. So we needed to get a real estate agent. And so 
it was a no brainer to go with Michael and give him a shot. And so we, uh, we listed with Michael on Monday. He actually has a showing this afternoon and then an open house on Sunday. Um, I'm just, re I'm really, uh, I'm really excited to give him a chance. I mean, it's, it's one of yeah. those things. So many people have helped me throughout my life. I left home at 14 to go to prep school and, and to play hockey and go to college. And, and, uh, so many people opened up their heart and their homes to me and, and helped me out along the way when I was younger. And even now, I mean, I, I see it. I have people that have just go out of their way. And, uh, it was just one of those things where it was a right thing to do, but it really didn't seem that big of a deal. It was just the right thing to do. And it's kind of blown up to a case where we're getting calls from like talk show hosts and things like that, that they want to bring Michael on. Um, I kind of, I kind of push that off to Michael and just kind of let him decide what he wants to do. I don't want to invade his privacy or anything, but um, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, him selling our house and, and being there in the closing to, uh, to really kind of celebrate with him that he, this is his first listing. So he's uh, he's, Pretty excited to to get this house and 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 really make a step uh, in the right direction um, in in areas where you know being a, being a young African American um, young man you know there are struggles there there you know there is some things that go on especially in neighborhoods where I live where um, there isn't a lot of people of color um, living in my neighborhood and in order to give him a chance to sell another house in my neighborhood he's got to have the opportunity to sell one before yeah. he gets a chance for someone else. And so that's what I tried to do. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, um, to continue to work with this young man. No, that's great. That's uh, such a great, great story, uh, Scott. I know I would say it is, it has got to be the poster example of what needs to happen a lot more, especially, you know, in this world, which has been troubled over the past many months how giving a hand up is going to help people, how paying it forward is the way to go without barriers, without constraints. So thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. I think, you know, we all talk about policymaking with respect to equity, equality, oh, the government should do more, the agency should do more, et cetera, et cetera, in healthcare, in this and that. But each one of us yeah. can do more on a daily basis. That's exactly what I think you gave the world. And that's the major reason I believe that the world has responded the way it has responded. Because we always need that one person to show the way for everybody to do what's already in their mind. But they definitely need that one person to quickly yeah. like, you know, show the way, shed the light. Absolutely. You know, people, everyone has it in them. You just yeah. have to be willing to take the chance and... And willing and be willing to talk to people um, that you want to help them. You're not trying to do yeah. it for yourself. And I think that's sometimes um, what happens is that we we help someone, but what we're trying to do is really kind of booster ourselves. And that's that's not what I was doing, and it's not what um, what Michael um, you know knew knew that as well. It was just one of those things where we just I saw a need. I saw a, a young man that you know is worked his tail off lived in his car in the middle of january and, and february in, in pennsylvania where it's cold and didn't complain didn't um didn't tell us that story to to try to you know get a leg up to get the listing or anything it was just a personal he was very open and honest and um my my wife is one who really kind of um really kind of took to him she's kind of taken to him as a motherly person now, which is great. Um, he lives, his family's from, he's a first generation um, immigrant. 
Um, his, uh, his family I, is from Africa and uh, they are, um, uh, they're really nice people. They, I've had a chance to, uh, um, to talk with Michael about his family. His, unfortunately, his father just died over, um, over the holidays. Uh, he was sick for a long time. So it wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't something that was unexpected, but uh, obviously when you lose a parent, it's always, um, it's always a tragedy, but um, just the positiveness of this kid is just amazing. And, and Michael's such a, he's such an interesting guy. You know, you talk to him and, and once you get him to open up and get him to, to realize that you're, he's on the same level as a peer and he can talk, he's a really, really interesting young man. Great, great, absolutely. So, Scott, I mean, obviously, you know, you're working in healthcare. You're a great person. I can already feel the energy. Um, and you work in healthcare, which is driven by compassion. What do you think has has really led you to become the person you are today? You know, what what was your inspirations, your motivations, your environments? You know, that really culminated into you showing this kind of a compassion. Plus, I'm sure, you know, you, you chose healthcare space for similar reasons. So what all led to Scott being Scott? And also, if you could add uh, the journey from being a uh, professional hockey player uh, with the New York <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a long time ago. That was, um, that was in the, back in 1990. Uh, when I had the opportunity to uh, play mostly in the minors for them. Um, uh, but it was, it was a fantastic um, journey playing professionally. And um, now my son, my 19 year old son is chasing the dream. He's, um, he moved away from home at 16 and is uh, trying to chase that same dream. So um, it, it, that, that is a, that, that kind of commitment when you, when you go after something like, like hockey or any kind of athlete or any kind of thing you're going to be good at um, and, it really takes, I look at people when they, when I see that uh, there's an underlying current that, that drives them. And that's the thing that I see and I love about it. And that's when I talk to physicians every day, you know, you can see that the passion that they have and all the hard work they put in, and that's the respect that's there. You know, it's not, it wasn't an easy journey. You know, when you become a professional, whether it's a professional physician or a professional athlete or an actor or an actress, you know, you don't get this by chance. You work hard. And that, that's something that, that uh, I've been trying to instill in my, my, uh, my children. My family is probably the biggest influence I've ever, you know, I've ha that's had on me. Um, my grandfather um, was a director of the UAW, which is United Auto Workers in, in the United States. And he was very, um, uh, he was very um, in tune with the racial struggles and the racial inequality that was going on in the 1960s and 50s. He actually marched with Martin Luther King from Selma to Montgomery. Um, mm. Um, my, uh, um, he's done a lot of work, um, before Dr. King was, was assassinated, he did a lot of work with him. Um, and I have s several pictures of, uh, of, um, of my, my grandfather and Martin Luther King. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's a private story to our family. Not a lot of people know about it, but, um, it's something that kind of drives our whole family. As a child, um, I grew up in Iowa and, uh, my grandfather lived in Chicago uh, the UAW owned a hotel and they would bring inner city youth every summer into the hotel to give them kind of um, get them out of the city. And I have pictures um, with Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas when they were 14 years old. And I think I was nine uh, or seven because those are the kids that I would hang out with in the summer. So my family taught me that 
the skin, the color of your skin means nothing. Uh, yeah. It's what you have inside and what you have in your heart. And it was, um, it's something that has carried me and I carry with my, uh, I preach my children, my father and my, my mother. Um, they, they would preach that every single day. Um, we had growing up, we had fan, we had kids at our house that, um, probably had, were struggling at home where my mom would just, um, bring them over and have dinner. And I, I have an older brother and younger brother, and we, we just welcomed them in. It didn't matter who it was. And that's just kind of who we were and kind of who we are. Perfect. I was, you know, I was not distracted. I was texting somebody because I just had this discussion about the march from Selma to Montgomery and, you know, the, the whole, the whole uh, discussion about how in the healthcare equity space, um, race is racial determinants of healthcare, including social determinants of healthcare are becoming, you know, more and more important for us to consider. I just had the discussion. So I was, you know, I was texting them that, I'm just loving this discussion, you know, with, with Scott, with his grandfather being a part of the march. And uh, we were just talking about how do we use the data to analyze the, the inequity and inequality that is now existing in the vaccine rollout space. How do we bring that insights out and help the minority communities? We were just talking about it and you just kind of mm -hmm. nicely segued into it. And you are in the healthcare space as well, Scott, you know, just like us. I mean, we work with clinicians on day in day out and it was just like i said i was just having this discussion with a few um uh, business partners and a few people that i work with about uh and you know one of them she was mentioning you know the data is out there except you know i don't think people are able to bring it out and really see where the gaps are with respect to why the inequities are happening so i mean obviously you know when when everybody thinks like you there is no problem. <laughs> it's like, I think we all are part of the solution mm -hmm. then. We are not part of the problem then. However, you know, there are policies, there are actions, there are community actions, there are, uh, you know, decision-making bodies actions, there are people's actions. A lot of them have to culminate into this. And the pandemic has exposed us in, in ways that we have never seen before, you know, the mm -hmm. whole world, absolutely, right? And then you work in the space of the business of healthcare, respiratory health, and now in the in the psychiatric space, uh, and then you know you are very closely uh, in tune with you know the, the racial gaps and constraints that exist with respect to healthcare equity. What do you think needs to happen more of, you know, in this space, you know, especially in the mental health space as well as mm -hmm. you know in the in the general public health space with respect to closing the equity gaps, especially for minorities. Well, I, I, you know, I think number one, we have to admit it. We have to mm -hmm. admit there is a gap. And I think a lot of people normally just put their blinders on and don't want to admit it. Um, but what, what we, you know, what I've seen is just the amazing expertise of, and the diversity of physicians and healthcare people in the, in the United States. That's kind of my only view that I have, but, and what we, what I see is there is the, the, there, the divide is starting to close in, in my mind, what I'm seeing in the hospital a little bit, because I think COVID kind of brought the best out in a lot of people in healthcare because of the tragedies, because of working together, because of just the emergency and the pan and the, 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 the frightfulness of what was going on. People kind of had to, if you didn't bring that barrier down and, and work with people 
um, to, you know, to, to take care of everyone, we may have lost more people in the world um, because of that. Um, do I think there's still a gap? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. There, there is. Um, but I think that it, I've seen glimmers of hope. Um, but I've also, you know, you see, you know, the, the, um, the people that go out of their way to, um, make people not feel welcome. Um, and that's, and I think that's starting, you know, in the United States, there are, you know, because of what's happened in the last four years with, there has been, um, some, some divide in the nation, but, I think what, we're, what I'm seeing, and, and even my friends that um, that were not necessarily my own my political view um, uh, of the president today. I mean, I'm I'm happy who we have for president in the United States, um, but what they're finding is that they're no longer getting that that constant hatred all the time. And that was the reason why I made that post. It was just I just got sick and tired of people just constantly being negative. And geez, it's like let's let's get some positivity out there. No, absolutely, absolutely. You know that's that's well said. It's it's just um, spreading positivity nowadays has to come very deliberately. Otherwise, there is you know, easier means to spread negativity. So we all have to make that deliberate actions. So as you were talking, and I was thinking, how can more Michaels meet more Scots? What? How can we make sure? Like, for example, we are a community, um, you know, where we connect clinicians to, you know, hospitals, you know, making the staffing, et cetera, happen. We are trying to help the healthcare, access to healthcare space by making more clinicians available. And we are always thinking, okay, how can we help the areas that cannot access clinicians because of which the patients are struggling? How can we make that mm -hmm. connection happen? And in this digital world, trying to use technology to make the connections happen should be a lot more easier. You know, and you know your post really said it all. You know, it 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 moved a lot of people because of the power of the digital world. So, how can you know more people be helped? You know, just just, just let's think wildly. How can more people be helped? <laughs> you know what? I, that's a that's a tough question because it, it you know it, it started with Michael making a phone call and taking a chance on uh, on an on, on an area that made him uncomfortable. I'm sure coming to a neighborhood like mine um, and walking in, but meeting, but realizing that maybe the stigma that, that maybe he's heard or uh, and maybe he has felt um, uh, uh, racial inequality, but he had the guts to actually make the first step. And to me, mm. in my profession, that, that says it all. When, when, you're, when you're going after something and you're that passionate, it, it resonates. And when you are, you know, when you're a hard worker and you're not going to let have no for an answer, those are powerful things. Um, I think with the digital world, um, I, I like LinkedIn. I, I really do because it's starting to be, people are starting to post a little bit more about themselves and you can get to know someone and kind of see what they're all about um, in a professional manner, not the Facebook or Instagram kind of social media stuff. But um, uh, for me, I, I think that people, people need to be a little more honest on, on LinkedIn and, and show their, show their, their, their skills. You know, a lot of times people are just kind of, if, if I lived, if I was a real estate agent, I lived in wherever, I probably would be posting on LinkedIn on what I've done, what I've sold, how good I am to get people to look and take a chance, reach out and, and interview you for potentially a listing. And that could be for any position. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we are constantly thinking about how to make the right use of the digital world, you know, the power of the digital mm -hmm. world. And, you know, you just said it, you know, you were not 
you did read uh, posts on LinkedIn before, you know, you had 300 friends or connections on LinkedIn. Then once you posted something that reflected positivity, it got so much response. I mean, that says it all. I think, I think, you know, right there, right there is a picture that I'm talking about, you know, for all of our audience, once again, yeah. uh, that's Scott's picture with Michael, Raj, if you can. Yeah. And that's that, um, that simple act of friendship, simple act of kindness really moved many people. So what I'm taking away from that is if you think something can spread that positivity, post it, send it, you know, of mm-hmm. course, in the right places, in the right avenues, send it, let people see it, let people feel the energy and the positivity from that post. Because most of the times we are consumers, but we are not producers, right? Most of the times we are mm-hmm. we're just consuming information, but very little times do we actually take the deliberate step of producing a good piece of information, a good piece of content. So I think what this really reflects and what I'm taking away from this, Scott, is, is that be also, when you see a good information, Produce it, post it. You know, make sure that you're spreading the positivity yourself, mm-hmm. and not just not just consume. Am I on the right lines with you there? Absolutely, and don't a hundred percent. I I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me on LinkedIn because of that post that said thank you, I needed that today, or I, I can't uh, because of that post. I'm going to go out and do something. I want to do something for someone. I want to be involved, and you know, just. 19 million people viewed it, but if one person changed someone's life, that right there was worth that post right there. And that's what people have to see is you can actually make an impact on someone. Um, even if you're just posting something about yourself positive, you, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what, what they're, what's involved in their life. But if they see something that motivates them in a positive manner, post it, bring it, bring it out. And, but don't post it to look for likes or look for comments, just post it and throw it out there and let people take it for what it is. And then if they reach out to you or want to talk to you or want more information, then, then you do it. But that's just kind of what LinkedIn and social media is, is you can throw it out there and you're not looking for um, a pat on the back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. I think, I think those acts that we can, do on a daily basis, share with other people, share, spread the positivity. If it changes one person, I think you have made an impact in the world. That's that's very well said. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to remember it that way. Um, I could go on for the entire day with you, Scott, frankly. Uh, in fact, I'm going to ping you more in the future. I'm probably going to make a trip to Selma soon uh, because of you know a couple of opportunities, because of something oh. one of my good friends has offered. I'll definitely send you pictures for sure. Uh, and, and this has been great, uh, Scott. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your examples of compassion and examples of how simple acts that we can do on a daily basis could really change the world. Uh, and I really thoroughly enjoyed this. I hope all of our audience enjoyed it. Any final comments, thoughts, Scott, that you want to share with our audience? Well, I, I want to say thank you to you guys. Um, I, I really appreciate you allowing me to to tell this story, and, and hopefully, it may it may help someone else or inspire someone else. But um, you know, for me, it, it, it's just uh, you know the world is. We have enough negativity in the world. We need some positivity, and I think that um, the more people that do it and see it and react to it, the better off we all going to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Well said. Thank you so much, Scott, for your time with us today. And again, like I said, I can easily see Absolutely. this relationship that started here 
you know, having much more collaborations in the future. So thank you again, Raj, over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Vamshi. Thank you, Scott, uh, for an awesome conversation. Uh, last 30 minutes of golden time. Uh, I would certainly take, in fact, it had inspired me. Normally I post for likes or comments, but thank you for the reminder, Scott, uh, not only on LinkedIn, but on social media. Now that I will keep that in mind, so it's not just posting for uh, likes or comments. So um, thank you, Vamshi. I'll see you uh, again uh, in another episode of Direct Shift Stories. Uh, please tune in for uh, the same episode on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. I'll send you the recordings. And for everybody hitting the replay, do send in your feedback too. This is your host, Raj Misa. And we'll see you in another episode of Directive Stories. Thank you all. Thank you.